<clears throat> Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Hope I Did It Again podcast with Tanya and Rachel. Hello. Hope you guys are all, <laughs> hope you guys are all having a good week, good couple weeks. Um, we're happy to be back here chatting this evening. So, Rachel, I think I have an announcement I probably should make. Dun dun dun! It's, you it's shared... a good announcement, though. <laughs> I mean, you shared on the first what a couple weeks ago? Yeah, that you are moving to West, like you're moving to West mm-hmm. Michigan. Like we're gonna be in the same area of the state, but only will, for a few months. We will overlap briefly. Because I am moving to Ireland. To Ireland. Just uh, <laughs> to, to, to a PhD program, I guess. For I some wish reason. I knew their national anthem. I wish I could like hum the Irish national anthem. Yeah, I have absolutely, I have no idea Going what that would home be. To I wonder home. if it's in Gaelic too. So would you even be able to <laughs> sing it? But yeah. I'm fluent in Gaelic. <laughs> Most people don't really know that. now. <laughs> it's a uh, weird language. Gaelic no is offense. just quoting Dairy Girls. <laughs> then I'm fluent. <laughs> no offense to our irish listeners because we do have some people that have listened to us from ireland gaelic is a weird language uh it's yeah but it's also just really old so i think but also not just for the irish like scots doing a bit of Gaelic. Uh, yeah true 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 but yeah so i am moving to ireland in august-ish time Mm -hmm. and i'm going to do a phd program for four to five years just changing things up a little bit (laughs) it's fine um but we figured tonight maybe the topic kind of all interrelated to this because what I'm going to be studying is education, a PhD in education, specifically on sex education. Um, so if you couldn't tell from this podcast, like love talking about sex, love educating people, love Welcome. just yeah. <laughs> if you haven't figured that out yet, maybe not the great, like maybe not the right time, but <laughs> um, I love, I want to try to make this world easier for people to experience pleasure and talk about sex in a healthy positive way even if you are somebody who does not want to engage in sex because you're asexual or anything like that this that's still an important conversation so tonight's episode some of the things that Rachel and I have both been thinking about separately in our own lives but also then like coming together and sharing about my dating experiences lately thought we'd just talk about like the ways that we have learned about sex and sexuality and how um it's impacted us I guess Mm -hmm. Yes. So, oh, go ahead. Nothing. Well, I looked up the Irish national anthem. <laughs> yeah. It is, of course, uh, the the title is in Irish, uh, but in English, it apparently translates to the soldier's song, but it was only adopted in 1926. Kind of funny, Well, that's right? one of they would have became free from England, Oh, right. right. God, sorry. Talk about watching. <laughs> well, I guess that's my problem. All I know is Dairy Girls, and they are famously still, still British. Um, I'm just thinking of Tom from Downton Abbey. Yeah. Oh, he, he was yeah. right after World War II, right? So, or World War One. sorry. Well, it was <laughs> written, I think it was written before the war, but then mm-hmm. adopted after. Interesting. Okay. Anyways. Um, Good yeah. to know. Now we know a little bit of Irish history. <laughs> if you're Irish and you know how to pronounce that, uh, please get in touch. <laughs> I can see I, one of the words is spelled lowercase b-h capital f-i-a-n-n. That's, I, but I feel like that BH maybe is like a V sound or maybe it's GH is the V sound. Well, yeah, Siobhan, we, what's, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Siobhan, yeah. BH, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I'll it's, probably be researching this a little bit more when we're done, but for now we can get back to. Yes, we can get back to terrible men. No, not terrible men, yeah. just men with crappy responses. So 
in my dating so I've been back on the dating apps I know I said that for a while a while ago um and I had decided that I wanted to put on my profile that I am a sex education researcher because ultimately that is what I want my career to be um and also I realized like it's going to be a good litmus test right like mm-hmm. sometimes you got to put something out there to kind of see how men react to it and to help really weed out the men that you don't want to end up meeting um and I have definitely experienced that already some interesting responses like I had one guy uh ask me like so what do you like what do you research and I, and I like tried to explain it to him he's like yeah if I was interviewing people about sex I would just make them super uncomfortable and I was like that literally goes against everything I just said I stand for okay cool it's also like I what a great preview of every conversation you'll have with that man like yeah make someone uncomfortable you no yeah. right you seem so like, cool and chill I was like well this proves to me that I have zero desire talking to you thank you um but I really like one of the things that's been really interesting is like how often men see that and think that I am just willing to immediately talk about sex my sexual preferences what they want what like they want to tell me what they want to do to me they want to meet up immediately and like there's no shame in wanting to have those conversations I enjoy having those conversations I am a huge advocate that you should have those conversations before you have sex with somebody for the first time and I there's no shame in just wanting to immediately have sex with somebody but it is I don't know it's just like fascinating how they immediately assume that kind of like it reminded me of that conversation we had with Claudia last season and how the like, tattoos are like the yeah yeah they think that you're super into everything like no mm-hmm. like it's, it's also funny because like the fact like you've said that you're a sex researcher so it makes me wonder if you said like you're a large primates researcher if they would just yeah. like bombard you with monkey questions you know right. like it's definitely to me it seems like it is obviously the sex part of things that just implies like this is what you're into yeah yeah all the time and and what's fascinating is that like if I really when I try to explain it to them too it's not that I'm like interested in teaching people how to have sex like that's not like I'm interested in having conversations about sex but I'm actually more interested in the ways that we are like being taught about sex and Mm -hmm. sexuality and how we need to change that and how we need to change the conversation like Part of that is talking about sex and being frank and like all of that stuff. But it's like, I'm actually more interested in like, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel about your sex education experience? How do you think it's impacted you as a human being, a human male mm-hmm. being? Like, that's what I'd like to get into, but they, yeah. they don't want that. They just want to know if I'm a dom or a sub. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Uh, <laughs> are you super kinky? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's just fascinating to me. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I feel like that frames well, what we want to talk about is kind of like this confusion, this semantic confusion about like sex versus sexuality or what you know about sex, like, isn't just like your sexuality isn't, doesn't affect like just what you literally are into in the sexual act It like can impact a lot of how you're presenting, who you're trying to attract, who you're trying to repel, (laughs) you know, like it, I feel like there's so much and it, even like without sex, without a partner, like how much you know about your body or what you're into Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, these dudes on the apps, they just, they don't get the, um, the nuance. There's no nuance for them. Well, like, to be honest with you, 
to dive right into this topic, I think with men especially, so something that I've obviously thought about in my research, but also just as a heterosexual woman, the ways that our society, first of all, just assumes heterosexuality, right? For everybody. Mm -hmm. And then when you are heterosexual, the ways that like you're taught what it means to be heterosexual and especially I think for men what it means when you're a heterosexual male and the reality is is that like heterosexuality similarly to being a male a man and also being a white person like those identities that are like assumed or have power in our in our country in our society like mm-hmm. the whole reality of why they work is that you're not supposed to think about them you're not supposed yeah. to think about those identities right like as a woman, I have constantly had to think about what it means to be a woman in this country. Mm-hmm. So many men don't have to do that. As a white person, it's only taking me until like my 20s to really consider like, holy shit, what does it mean to be a white person mm-hmm. in this country? And I would say the same thing about my sexuality as a heterosexual per- mm-hmm. person, right? So I think like in my conversations with men, especially heterosexual men, it's even worse for them, right? Like they to think about what does it mean for them to be a heterosexual man? Like, I don't think they have any concept of what that even means. That just means that they like women, right? Like, but what's your sexuality? What Mm -hmm. does that mean to you? Mm -hmm. I think this is making me just reflect on like the idea of not having to think about things. Mm -hmm. And I, I really credit (laughs) the internet, obviously for making, for like making some voices, giving them a bigger platform and making them so much louder. Like, I just think I think also the generational differences, even between millennial and Gen X, like, or sorry, Gen Z um, and Gen X, but um, just like, I feel like on the internet, there's so in the same way that black Twitter now exists, where like people of color, largely black people get to like connect and have these in, in jokes. And I feel like that's really popularized the idea of like goofy shit white people are doing because like people are able to gather now and be like, let's talk about this weird and also dangerous. I don't want to make it seem like we're just being goofy all the time like we repeatedly jeopardize the safety of people of color but like it's given this this bigger platform for us as white people to reflect on like the goofy shit that we do do that people are noticing and does seem to be kind of a through line across white culture whatever white culture is and I think in, in the same way like there are so many more jokes now on what I guess I would call like gay or queer twitter of like what are the straights doing and that's been (laughs) like a bigger discussion too about like oh we do do this dumb and weird shit all Mm -hmm. (laughs) the time just like really giving us some words about um like the bar the bar for dating straight people straight men or straight women and like yeah just what we expect of each other and what we are often uh left wanting yeah I feel like that the internet as terrible as it is is good for things like that building Mm -hmm. these communities and I think especially for those of us in so many majorities really be and if you're on the right side of the internet like seeing jokes made about you constantly I think can be a really healthy and productive way to reflect on like the things that have become so normal to us and having to really look at them and think like oh this (laughs) this is a problem uh not great right and I want to say too like obviously as two heterosexual women like we're going to be talking about our own experiences but like again like any other system of oppression like this assumption of heterosexuality and the ways that we have power and privilege as heterosexual people like obviously harms 
people that are mm-hmm. in the LGBTQI plus community. So like, while we are talking now a little bit more about like how it's harmed us and how we haven't been able to explore like sexuality in ways, yeah. obviously the harm is much greater. Yeah, for we know that's a yes. lot. Worse. So I, yeah. Yes. So I always want to just preface that. So, mm-hmm. but like going like and I just said, explore sexuality, right? So that's something too that in college when I heard that oh that girl's just exploring her sexuality, she was kissing other women and like all of like. In my mind, growing up, that meant that you just were trying to figure out if you were gay or not, right? Yeah. Which is totally fine. Again, so many people, when they are exploring their sexuality, it, it like they do determine, oh, I like all the genders. I like yeah. these people. Like they, they do determine who they're actually attracted to, right? But I think part of that too, that again, I think what you said is so true that that community, the queer community has been able to really figure out who they're attracted to, what they like about sex and sexuality in a way that heterosexual people are not able to do still, or like, don't really know how to do that. So it's like, as a heterosexual woman, yeah, I like men, but like, what does that mean to me? Like, Mm -hmm. what, what do I actually like in bed though? Like, what do I like about my sexuality? What do I want in bed in order to enjoy sex with a man? Like, and what do I not like? You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. I think, um, this level or like this, the ways that we're taught that we should expect how a heterosexual relationship, sexual or not, should go, obviously through media and like our friends, families, our formal sex education and et cetera. It's just, I don't know, it's just been really interesting to like unravel some of that as like a 30 something year old heterosexual woman with my friends. And like, obviously I've learned a lot from the queer community in that regard. Mm-hmm. Like, you bring up again like gay twitter basically queer twitter or like i've seen things on like instagram and tiktok like so much of what i've learned about toxic monogamy is from the queer community yeah like i'm pretty positive i'm a i'm a monogamous person like i can't see myself being in an open relationship mm-hmm. not something i'll say like never ever but i'm able to like see like holy shit monogamy is awful <laughs> like and i can see the benefit of so many queer people that have talked about their experience in open relationships what mm-hmm. that means, what polyamory means and what the tenets of polyamory are. And I'm like, that's what the tenets should be for every relationship, yeah. not just polyamorous. Yes. Yeah. Like what's the, in the the BDSM community, like a big mantra is safe, sane and consensual. Yes. And like the first time that I heard that, I definitely thought like, wow, <laughs> I feel like for that to be their mantra implies that for those of us not in there, the mantra is basically like unsafe, insane, non-consensual. And yep. that's not true, but I feel like that's such a good group, group agreement. Like we will uh-huh. be, we will be honoring these tenants. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's it. like, again, like a lot of systems of oppression, right? Like white people have a lot to learn from people of color, black people, brown people of their experiences and how whiteness impacts us. Like it's all about learning from each other and people with target identities really having to do the work to unlearn and realize and learn from people with non-target identities or sorry, I got those mixed up, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. And I think my interactions with men, especially lately have just really proven to me that like, you haven't done a whole lot of work, have you? Like, <laughs> you know what, I mean, here's a great example. I know I told you this story, but so I obviously have some friends in Ireland. Um, and one of them I met on Tinder a while ago and he seemed like really cool. Like he seemed really smart. We had great conversations about a, a total variety of things. And like, he was one that like introduced me to like an Irish sex, ed- sex researcher over there who I like 
follow and love and would hope to like maybe meet up with her at some point to like talk with her because obviously she has lived experience. But anyway, so he seemed really cool. And then I was talking to him randomly one day and mentioned the show Queer Eye. And he like about a separate conversation, but he zoned in on that and was like, oh, Queer Eye wouldn't be for me. Like, that's all he said from that conversation I had with him. And I was like, oh, I I literally, I was like, are you not supportive of the LGBTQI plus community? And he was like, nope, it's become farcical now. (laughs) And I'm like, what? Yeah, the gay people have become farcical. Certainly not us normal straight people. And I, so we had- forests on fire to announce the gender of our children. I just, I, there's a level of at that point, it wasn't, I mean, it was a little bit, it was still a little bit of a surprise, but like a couple of weeks before then, I was talking with him about finding men hot. And he was like, I have no, I, like, he was basically like, I have no concept of what a hot man looks like. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? You have no concept. Yes, like, you do. I'm like, <laughs> yes, you do. You've seen a picture like, of Henry no, Cavill. So, you know. I was like, bro, like, this is, come, it is 2023. Mm-hmm. You are allowed to be like, yeah, that man's hot. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean a goddamn thing towards your sex- sexuality. Like, yep. <laughs> oh In- my God. And yeah. so then to have this conversation with him a few weeks later on how he basically like, he doesn't care what people do, but you can't force your beliefs down other people's throats or make them also believe what you want. And then he had to bring up this terrible idea. They're like, well, when you, when a person dies and you, like you take their DNA from their bones, they're going to be a man, not a woman. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about dead people. (laughs) It's so stupid and pointless. And like, you know what I'm not living for? Like in my everyday, I don't think like, what's the scientist who's going to dig up my bones in 2000 years going to think about me? I'm thinking way more about like, what's happening to me today? How am I presenting? Am I living my life the way that I want to? Like the bone thing is such a, I just I'm trying like I haven't talked to him really since and I don't really want to at all obviously um if I do I have to like just be honest with him be like I can't be your friend with you literally are this anti-supportive of people who I care about but also just not even if I didn't have friends in the community right but anyway but part of me too is like who hurt you like what what are you not examining about yourself like that's where I always go and like I know that sometimes I just need to shut that part of my brain off but mm-hmm. part of me, honestly, I'm like, what is your problem? Like, mm-hmm. have you not done enough self-reflection on your sexuality? Like, again, I, I try to not always assume that people are like that, that feel that strongly about the LGBTQ plus community, or they're just secretly gay, right? Like, I, because uh, I understand that that's actually harmful to the LGBTQ plus community mm-hmm. in some level. But there is a level of when they, you're digging your heels in that much, what's going on here? Like, what are it's you a- not willing to really examine? But doesn't mean that you're gay. Doesn't mean you want to be trans, right? Yeah. But it's like, what's going on? Like, maybe go to therapy and talk about it instead of hating people for no reason. Yeah. So (laughs) you should also like. I mean, certainly, I don't want to like police what people should be able to do, but like, if you're straight, it is you should. We all can acknowledge people of the gender that we're not attracted, sexually attracted to. Like, you know, a hot. I can yeah. identify a hot woman. Like you can identify yeah. a hot man. Like, yeah, it's not, it's really not that hard. And like, it doesn't mean jack shit. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to have sex with that person, but you yeah. still think they're hot, that's fine. <laughs> I can, like, like, yeah, yeah. 
because you can I feel like you can also like I feel like there are hot there are men that I would say like they're hot and then I would get to know them and or like talk to them and probably think like I don't think I'm gonna have sex with you (laughs) like can still say you're hot but uh, you're physically (laughs) hot everything else not so much yeah yeah but again I think especially like especially for men they view sexuality in like such a binary I Mm -hmm. get like they you either want to have sex with the person or you don't that's this that's sexuality I feel like Mm -hmm. so many heterosexual men yeah yeah would I would I have sex with them that's the determiner yeah and like there's a lot more to that and like Mm -hmm. actually to bring this up like I will I know again not hashtag not all men right like obviously (laughs) I know that there are heterosexual men out there who are doing some work like I actually went on a really good date a couple weeks ago with a guy and we were kind of talking about this and like he shared like how men sometimes do fake orgasms hmm. like he's known that to be true well wow. because, because like he's like because I shared how like one thing that I've had to unlearn about men male sexuality is that like first of all it's not my fault if they don't if they don't orgasm right mm-hmm. it's not on me to make a man orgasm mm-hmm. um and second of all like not like it's like it's fine that they can't like it's fine if you're having sex with a man and he doesn't orgasm but we've been yeah. taught like through movies and ever like, conversations about about sexuality that like men can come like that it's the it's women it's people with vaginas that like have a much harder time orgasming yeah. right with especially partners that have penises um but men should be able to just come like that and like that's <laughs> that's actually not fully true either yeah. <laughs> like it, I mean, I feel like this is a good, I want to dive in on this and, yeah. well, and maybe like we just have, we have just been given such a weird picture of sex. Like mm-hmm. we just get such weird information about it in America that like, yeah. cause I feel like at the same time that like, there's a, a message that like, it's very hard for women to come and, but like by the same token in the media, like by and large in like in sex scenes we like we see a woman a woman like come and finish and that right like that's just implied and usually just through penal um, yes yeah yeah, and so it's like at the same time we're told like this will be impossible for you what you see then on the screen is like oh but it's working for her and her and her and her so yep yeah it we just don't get, we don't get any instru- like we're just left to our own devices so much, even if like, and I think we've talked about this a bit last season. Like I did have a pretty open mom who was like willing to chat about stuff and like bought me the books, but even then it just so much of it's like, you'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully it doesn't fuck you up too hard in the process. Yeah. Like I, I can't really remember like I, I just, I feel like my learning experience about like what sex was, was just through the media, some conversations with my mom, but not really a whole lot. Some of the health classes I had, like really, even my health classes in high school, like obviously didn't tell us how to actually have sex, <laughs> sex with people. Yeah. Right. It was more like, we're going to show you this really scary video of a woman giving birth <laughs> I like don't, to scare you into not having sex. <laughs> I don't think I had, I don't think I had a sex education class after eighth grade. I don't think I had yeah. anything in high school. I did in high school. Like I remember in fourth grade, them all splitting us up by gender, right? Yes, During the period talk in fourth grade. And then I don't think I had any in middle school, but high school, we had one health class you had to take. Everybody did like in ninth or 10th grade. And again, I feel like the health class was all like, it was an overall health and there was a small mm-hmm. section on sexual health. Yeah. And again, I just remember that the main part of that class was that you had to watch a live birthing video. 
we, there was the health class that I had in middle school, there were two teachers and one of them, you did see an intense birthing class. The one that I was in, I did not see the birthing video, but I have seen knocked up. So (laughs) (laughs) there you go. Basically the same. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Everything I need to know about sex. I learned from Seth Rogen as God intended. So there you go. But like, I also feel like really if I learned about how to have sex by having sex, like, mm-hmm. like when I, I hate saying lost my virginity because we all know on this podcast, virginity it's is just the first construct. time you had sex. Yes. The first time I had sex. Thank you. Again, I'm, I'm also sick. So I'm, I apologize if I sound super stuffed up on the recording y'all. Um, yeah, yeah. The first time I had sex, like, and with the partner that I continued to have sex with for a period of time, like the reality is, is that I unfortunately learned a lot from him and not all of it was great. <laughs> and so what not that's, that's like part of the downfall too, is that if you aren't well educated before you start having sex, your, your partners will have a huge influence for better or for worse on them, um, on you as a sexual person. And so like, that's, I mean, that's the hard part too. Mm-hmm. It's also, I'm interested, <laughs> I wish after you're done in Ireland, you should like do your post-grad in like a Scandinavian country. Cause I'm also yeah. fascinated and I feel like we'll talk about this on a later episode, a little tease for you guys there. Like the idea of these countries where people do get like truly comprehensive sex education, where like it starts when you're in kindergarten and follows you. I'm just like fascinated by what that would do. And I feel like among like the friends that I have who have kids now, I feel like they're almost everyone I know is being really proactive about like talking to their kids about mm-hmm. sex or if not sex, like right now, I don't know any, I don't have a lot of friends with like kids who are even teens or like middle school age, but even for little kids, like making sure you're using the anatomical words for body parts. And like, yep. I wonder, I wonder how much of like a new era of sex education will be driven by like more progressive parenting in the form of millennials and all our goddamn opinions about things like I mean I certainly hope so yeah me too and I feel like it will like again not to get too technical because we will be discussing this in another episode like Mm -hmm. I'm studying in Ireland because they are about to change their sex education curriculum so I'm really looking at, on some level, the generational impact that their sexual education policy has had. Mm-hmm. And like, we can't do that here in the United States because it's not federally mandated. It's up to the states and like each state is so different. So like you could look at each state, like Michigan, it's fucking terrible. We don't, we don't, we won't, we'll dive into that later. I went but... to middle school and high school in Indiana, yeah. <laughs> so the yeah. home of Mr. Wife Man himself, Mike Pence. So right. it's, certainly yeah, we it's... we're not learning anything useful. And it, it's just such a disservice. Like mm-hmm. the yeah. reason why I wanted to get into researching sex education is because I can see the impact it's had on myself. Mm-hmm. Even as a heterosexual woman, like the relationships that I have with men that I wanted to date, have dated, even my, like the sexual partners I've had, like, mm-hmm. like I've had, I've had good relationships with men. Right. But the when they're bad, they're bad. And like, even like some of the good ones, it's been a struggle because Mm -hmm. not just with the lack of sex education, but because, because of what that all means, like what it means that we haven't been able to truly have honest conversations around sexuality and sex in this country. Like how, how has that harmed us as human beings trying to be relate in relationships with each other? Mm -hmm. Like, 
for again, we're not able to recognize and fully affirm people who fall out of the the binary, the sexuality mm-hmm. binary, the gender binary, right? Like obviously mm-hmm. their experiences are much worse in that regard. But it also like even I'm sure even queer people have the same problems of like really trying to deeply connect with each other yeah. because of all of these issues that we're not able to truly and honestly talk about sex and sexuality in this country and in our Western society as in general. Well, and like if our, like certainly any sex education I ever had was only ever dealing with the binary. Like we weren't, we were barely talking about heterosexual. We were not talking about gay sex at all. And like what that means just one and like having an identity validated, hugely problematic. And then like moving immediately to like safety concerns for, Mm -hmm for young people who aren't having heterosex like how do things look different for them what are yeah and mm-hmm. in a dream world uh also worlds that exist someplace on this planet like the sex education is is comprehensive in that like it's not just sex between men and women it hits i should say cis women and cis men so right. um yeah and i think too like it's just so funny because even like the the, the little education we did receive if you were a cis person having heterosexual sex like it was literally if you put a penis into a vagina Mm -hmm. like that's it right like essentially the sex that you were taught was how to procreate yeah no appreciation for the bases no appreciation for foreplay no No appreciation for literally anything besides vaginal and penis Mm -hmm. my dog is being very loud tonight oliver go lay down well it's like (laughs) pouring sleet outside so i've been hoping that that's not going to be super audible yeah, I have not heard it. I know he's just, he's, it's dinner time roughly for him. So mm. he'll be fine. But yeah, like just penis and vaginal sex, right? And like what a disservice that is. Because first of all, because that's goes going back to like what men think sex is, right? Like how many men just think women can orgasm because they've seen it in porn, they've seen it in media from their giant penis going into a woman's vagina, like over and that's over it. again. <laughs> that's how you get a woman off. Nothing else. <laughs> No, it doesn't. Like mm-hmm. I literally, even I just made out with a guy a couple months ago and it was a great makeout session. But even before then, I still had to tell him like, I'm not going to come from just your penis in my vagina. And he's like, oh, I bet I could. I was like, no. Doubt it. <laughs> like <laughs> I know my body better. well enough. Like that mm-hmm. has literally never happened to me. Like, and yes, it could still happen at some point with a partner. Mm-hmm. Like there's various things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But like this one night hookup stand, you're probably not going to make me come by just putting your penis into my vagina. Like there's so many other ways that you can that are also more fun for you too. Like yeah. it's just wild. And it's I just, just boring. Act- and boring. So boring. I actually was just talking to a friend too that a friend of a, like a friend was telling me about a friend that she knows who hooked up with a guy when after they were done, asked her, so many times did you come? And she was like, oh, 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 yes, he thought that she came like 13 or 14 times. Oh my God. And all like, I don't actually, to be honest, I don't even know if she came at all. Yeah. And then, but it's just like, he was so confident that just his penis made her come 13 to 14 that, times. That's such a funny number. And it, stories like that make me think like, what woman that you had sex with like put this in your brain like in what world like (laughs) yeah like first of all (laughs) no I I bet that I would I would almost argue no woman in history 
has ever came 13 to 14 times with just a penis yeah <laughs> like no <laughs> I mean even like other like other options that's a lot of <laughs> times yeah I mean <laughs> like I fully recognize that I'm sure uh lesbian sex women like women and women like they are yeah. you're able to go back and forth but even then like 13 to 14 times like that's over a, a little bit of a span of time <laughs> not just like in half an hour or something like that like and I thought about like the most I've ever done with my vibrator I'm like I that I've done like half of that time and I'm like I can't even imagine trying to get to that many orgasms yeah unless it's again spaced throughout a day <laughs> like yeah. it's a lot it's orgasms are much wonderful. too much yeah orgasms are wonderful you, your body can only handle so much. <laughs> you can mm -hmm. only handle so much at some point. It just, just feels like it would be like, it, they would just be numb. Like, how can you, <laughs> like, what are, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I, when I, when, when my friend told me that, I was like, this idiot, this is why women need to stop faking orgasm mm -hmm. because you give mm -hmm. men false self-confidence. There is yeah. no fucking way he's that good in bed. I'm sorry. <laughs> no man is that good in bed. 13 to 14 times. That's the new standard, gentlemen. Yep. If you don't make if me come that much in a half an yeah. hour. You're doing something wrong. <laughs> so stupid. Goofy. Yeah. Very goofy. Yeah. You can say that again. Mm -hmm. Well, looking at our, does this bring, bring us to kinks versus fetishes versus preferences? <laughs> yeah, Rachel. I know that you've really been wanting to talk about this just because I think you've been thinking about it on um, again yeah. have you been seeing stuff online I don't know go ahead yeah well yeah it, as with everything I've been seeing things online I think once again getting back to like the community thing um something videos that I am uh that the algorithm presents me with are like book talk stuff and people reading in fact we've like it's gone so far that I'm starting to get annoyed with it this is like the real Nick Miller and me of just like I can only take so much before other people's <laughs> joy is obnoxious and so like book talk is largely a very good space that I enjoy but um in the world of book talk if you're reading books with sex scenes you're reading spicy books right I feel like we all are familiar with this terminology and I've just been thinking about like people in comments really talking about like kinks and fetishes. And I feel like the more it's good that people are talking about this more. Right. And like book talk is a good mm -hmm. space for like largely women, but not, not just women to come together and like chat about these things. But I do as always think that words kind of start to bleed into each other and fetishes and kinks are not the same thing like yep. a kink is kind of a preference situation and a fetish yep. is like um something mandatory. mandatory like pathological in you like you have mm -hmm. you have to have this and I just so I don't even know like really what I'm trying to say here more just like a PSA of like you like you liking a grumpy guy is not a fetish like it's not that's not really even a kink like no. <laughs> this is like and granted I can't this would be a better rant if I had like hard examples, but I've just been thinking about like what I guess it does for us for these words to be more in the mainstream. Mm. I guess the real connection is like because our sex education and like general sex awareness is so shitty, I think we're like prone for misinformation and misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. And then I do think like to to constantly use 
like to popularize fetish, I do think can make it like less serious than it is. And granted, mm-hmm. like fetishes, some fetishes we would read as like um less intense than others, but they still, like you say, are like these sort of requirements, like you cannot get off, you cannot um do anything without them. And I just yeah, I've just been mulling that over. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you brought that up because again, like in my own experience with men, like talking with men and how they assume I'm just super kinky and it's like, okay, what do you, what do you mean by super kinky? Like, because I also, I feel like in these, in conversations with men sometimes, like to say, like, it's almost gotten, it's almost, the pendulum is almost swung a different way, which like, I don't really care either way, but it's like, if you're say that you're more into vanilla sex, it's like, oh God, that's gross. That's terrible. Like, if you don't say you're a super kinky person like what do people what do men think about that right but it's also like what are you even into that you think is super kinky right like yeah exactly (laughs) like I feel like I I I appreciate what you said uh, it kind of it almost loses meaning both of the words I would say because to me like I feel like most everybody is kinky in some level Mm -hmm. right like I'm probably watering down the word but I I feel like because our sex education has been so crappy people don't know what they're into mm-hmm. so when people start finding out what they're into it's not just vanilla penis and vagina sex right yeah. for the most part so for me like I don't I even struggle with the terms like vanilla versus kinky because I feel like it's just you like what you like like mm-hmm. there are obviously certain things that I do think fall more into like the true kinky aspect like yeah BDSM and those kinds of things which again there's no shame in that I'm just saying like mm-hmm. those obviously I feel like are a smaller subset of what people are yeah. really into but so, I honestly truly think that so few people are actually interested in, again, boring vanilla sex. And I shouldn't say boring because sometimes vanilla, like, vanilla sex is fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like everybody needs something more. Like yeah. eventually you're going to need something more, have, spice up your life a little bit with yeah. something else. And so, yeah, I, I appreciate you bring that up because I think it goes along with this whole topic, as you said, about like just our lack of sex education. We really have no idea what we like in bed. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, wait, like, it's so long to figure it out. It, yeah, not everyone. Some people might know pretty quickly, but I mean, I wouldn't say that I fully know. Like, I, I still want to keep exploring my sexuality, Mm -hmm. exploring part, like, eventually when I get into a more long term, serious relationship, there Mm -hmm. are things that I'm probably more interested in doing with them versus a one night stand. Mm-hmm. So like there, like, I don't want to, there's a level of like, I never want to stop exploring my sexuality, exploring yeah. what sex feels like, what pleasure is supposed to feel like to me. Like, that's kind of the fun of it. I feel mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I actually, the, you bring up preference and there has been something I've been thinking about too, in regards to like male sexuality and preferences and like how hung up they get. Like I've seen those TikToks in the reels about like men get mad when a woman says that he want that she wants somebody who's over six foot. And that's like the one thing she says she wants, but he gets pissed because he's not. Yeah. But if you ask him, he has like a whole list of preferences that he likes, but he, or he's like, I won't date fat women. It's just a preference, yeah. right? Just a preference. Like that, yeah. Like that excuse that men use. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just a preference. Well, okay. <laughs> sure. Your preference is yes. gross. <laughs> <laughs> My do not prefer you, sir. Yeah. And I, what's hard is that like, like it absolutely is true, right? Like we all do have preferences, Yeah, but if you are using your preferences to degrade another human being, Mm -hmm. you need to go examine yourself and shut up. Yes. Like I prefer men with dark hair. 
that doesn't I have absolutely went on dates with blonde haired mm-hmm. men and red well I like red haired men but you know what I mean like yeah and I think there's a like just there's ways to like be kind about it to like treat people like they're full humans <laughs> not just uh a number like the number that they weigh like that's not <laughs> yeah people are way more than their weight that's I know that that's a hot take but <laughs> shocking I know but I will even <laughs> never say gonna some believe of the women this. yeah for some of the women who are like super picky about height too like mm-hmm. I do think women like that annoy me a little bit too yes for sure because again like it cuts to a point where it's like really like I understand that like it looks better or like mm-hmm. you want you don't want to be the tall one in your relationship but also it just there comes a point where preferences just feel shallow whether you're yes. a male or free, like mm-hmm. man or a woman at some point like yeah you prefer that but that shouldn't mm-hmm. be like you are refuse to even look at somebody who doesn't yeah. match that preference like get over yourself a little yeah. bit mm-hmm. like I feel especially if it's like a physical thing a mm-hmm. physical characteristic yeah it is just shallow like you don't I don't know you don't date someone's height you know like I don't again like physical attraction is important so if you aren't feeling it with someone I'm not saying like force it just to spare their feelings but like yeah sometimes we're we are as a society a little quick to judge Mm -hmm. um and certainly these apps that are based on like quickly (laughs) assessing people uh don't help that I'm sure but not at all no we could all just be a little kinder to each other. I mean, that's, that's the, the least of our worries, but I think it's a good place to start because that's something you can control in your your day-to-day interactions with people. Mm-hmm. Just be nicer to them. Yeah, truly. Well, I think on that note, I mean, that feels like a good place to end. Just be kind to one another, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Be kind. Um, maybe examine yourself a little bit. Yeah. Don't like think you're going to make sexual... a woman come 13 times and really any any like short amount of time <laughs> I mean if you can if you know for a fact yeah. that you made a woman come 13 to 14 times in a short span of time and you're a man please reach out to us yes we would love to hear us. how you know we this for hear a fact. Your story and her story um maybe cc her for some additional confirmation yes please. that all is as you thought it was yes Ugh, men <laughs> They it's, can be as fun. always the audacity <laughs> truly. truly I wish I believed anything as immediately and completely as that man saying to a woman's face how many times did you come <laughs> I also just like love that question sorry not to like continue like why does it fucking matter like they're obviously at some point it matters that a, like you make your partner come right and but, like, like why does it matter in, but... how many times mm-hmm but I would also say we're obsessed with numbers. Like we I was just having that conversation that. with another friend about like your number, right? Your sex, mm-hmm. like how many people you've had sex with. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like in college, everybody was so obsessed with that number. Yeah. Like I remember even my female friends, right? Now I was, t- I was telling my friend, I was like, I can't even think. Like I could sit down mm-hmm. and think about down it. That, yeah. And again, it's not even that high, really. Like I don't really even care. But I was like, I truly like uh, to even pick a number off the top of my head. I couldn't because I haven't thought about it in forever because it doesn't fucking matter. I love that. I love that it's an incomprehensible number to you. <laughs> it's I a number so, so enormous. I average have no, men. <laughs> I have. I can't fathom what the number would be. <laughs> I mean, like, I pro- okay. I probably do have like a general idea. Yeah, get like. Incredible. 
I don't like, I don't know it, because it just hasn't mattered to me in so long that like, I'm not, I don't know. I don't want to keep track. Like, yeah. You know what this is? Um, so this is the, like the central conceit of a movie with your beloved Chris Evans. What's, what's it? Isn't it like number? What's your number with Anna Ferris? Anna Ferris? I have never heard of this movie or watched it. So I don't know. You'll have to look it up. Because <laughs> it is about counting. And she's trying. I bet Chris Evans could make me come 13 times. Yeah, <laughs> if anyone could. It's him. Actually, no, I think Tom Hiddleston could. I And I actually think Tom over Chris. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I think Tom, I think Tom knows. I think he knows some things. I think he, he definitely, he yeah. absolutely would. <laughs> like, I think Chris is good. And I think that there would be enthusiasm and it would be fun. Yeah. But I think Tom Hiddleston, like. I think Oscar Isaac in your top five. Yeah. He, I feel like he probably would be the one in my, your top five that I would think. Yep. There's something about him. I don't know what. Yeah. It, yes. Yes. I think Pedro, Pedro's not in my, my top five, but I think Pedro Pascal could, like also knows some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to, I, maybe this is a way to wrap it up because talking about celebrity crushes, I really do think Jonathan Majors is like knocking on my top 10. He's really fucking hot that's for sure. <laughs> and extremely like, talented. <laughs> yes. So yeah. Doubly like I'm going to go watch Quantumania this weekend and to see him in a, like a true baddie role. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very excited but like yeah with all the promo that he's been doing for Ant-Man and like he was in something oh uh Creed like he's coming out in Creed Mm -hmm. like so many so many things out there right now I'm like that Creed that's a hot movie there's a lot of yeah yeah you and I might need to go see that movie (laughs) I haven't watched the other Creed movies I will go see that movie I'm sure I can figure it out but I can't like I can't quite figure it out what it is about Jonathan Majors like I'm not he's obviously a hot like a fucking hot man but like mm-hmm. he's not like conventionally hot e- I don't like yeah it's you know like that I mean? je ne sais quoi it's like Kate Blanchett I think <laughs> like yeah. just, there are people who are just like compelling yeah like I would say his body is probably more conventional obviously right mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. like because I'm, I'm thinking of him like comparing him and Michael B. Jordan because they're all in Creed right yeah. like I feel like Michael B. Jordan is more conventionally hot yeah I think he's more classically hot I would agree yeah and but like I there's just something about Jonathan Majors and like again I've only ever really seen him in Loki and something else so I don't even I haven't even really interacted but he's mm-hmm. just he's got something that I'm like you are gonna be in my top yeah. 10 very soon and I'm gonna feel really bad for knocking out whoever my 10, 10 oh yeah. 10 is I don't remember, even remember Pick but somebody out. yeah he is I, I'm sorry to bring him up and like I wouldn't compare him against Jonathan Majors but I forget how much I love Matt Smith until like our, the Instagram <laughs> algorithm throws him up in front of me. And I saw um, a scene from The Crown and I like, I really enjoyed him as Prince Philip. And yeah, yeah I, yeah, I just like him in general. I thought you were going to bring up Jack Harlow. I was like, I swear to fucking <laughs> no. God, Rachel. <laughs> no, but also I would definitely not compare him to Jonathan Majors. But no, um, Matt Smith too, though, I think like, isn't also has a quality of like what exactly am I attracted to here and for him it's like it just his personality I mean also like physically I find him hot but um I feel like if I saw him I don't know if like I saw someone with similar features I would probably be like "Hmm, what an interesting looking person yeah and I I can't even say like Jonathan Majors is like if I saw him on the street I would think he's hot like there's just something like I don't know yeah just compelling I think yeah 
I think it's his lips. His lips are just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. he's got a really nice smile, like mouth and arms. I'm sorry. His arms are just, yeah. I can't stop. Any yeah. picture I see of him, I cannot stop staring at his arms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on that note, <laughs> just silence. We'll just fade into silence there. <laughs> Dreaming about Jonathan Major's arms for the next few days. That's for sure. All well, right. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about? No. Okay. I think we're good then. So mm-hmm. until next time, friends, have yeah. fun and stay safe and talk to you later. Make good choices. <laughs> Bye. Bye, friends. If you're enjoying Ope I Did It Again, follow us on Instagram at Ope Podcast. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Email us. Tell us your stories. You can reach us at OPEpodcast22 at gmail.com. Always wake it.